I mean, that was, it's recording now. So watch what I say. Um, It's lovely to be with you guys again. And um, my son's name is Ruben. So there you go. Um, I was actually Ruben wrote my name this morning. So there you go. It's all full circle. He's just learning how to write. He's four. And uh, this morning he learned how to write John, which was, you know, which was cool. Um, it's it's really nice to be with you this morning, um, and it's it's a privilege. I don't know. Um, I was looking forward to being physically with you guys because I think, uh, but then you know, I heard I wasn't. Um, it sort of it sort of changed the way I thought about the sermon. So that's why you're getting what you're getting today. So there you go. So it was it's probably good that John didn't tell me on Thursday. Um, oh yeah, we're meeting back because it's kind of the angle I was going for this morning was that we're not meeting. So. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to pray for us and then I'll, uh, we'll get stuck into it. So if you want to get your Bibles and, and things together, um, but let, let me pray first. Yeah, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to open up your, your word. Um, and we pray now that you would, you would open up your word to us um, by your Holy Spirit, that you would cause us to see afresh together uh, a new maybe even for the first time cause us to see uh, you in your glory uh, to take refuge in you to know that you the great and glorious God the one who made us that you're with us and I pray this for the sake of Jesus amen well, last time we were together, I mentioned that our Father has given us everything that we need. You might remember that. You might not. That's okay. Uh, but we talked about how those uh, who are united by faith to Jesus, us, his people, sons and daughters of God in Christ, that we lack nothing. Uh, but we could say we lack the eyes to see what we already have in Christ. Um, so, I spoke about how my prayer and our prayer and uh, is always give us eyes to see, give us eyes to see what we already have in Christ uh, because we lack nothing. Uh, we saw there in Luke's gospel last time as well, a, a snapshot of, of the life of Jesus. Those three things you might remember that he was immersed in, in his life, the word of God, the spirit of God and communion with his father, God. We saw how Jesus' life breathed in those things. He was soaked in. He was bathed in uh, these three things, the Word, the Spirit, and the Father. And this was who he was every day, every moment of his life. He was a man of the Word, uh, walking by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. You might remember he overcame the temptations that he faced, and he was constantly communing with his Father. That was his great soul's delight, wasn't it? And we saw there that the Father, our Father, has provided us, as I said, with all those things that we need. Uh, we've been united to Christ by faith, and, and so we've been given these same gifts that Jesus uh, delighted in, his word, his spirit, and communion with himself, uh, with the Father. Uh, and so then this morning in our time together, I suppose just kind of drawing out of that, um, we are we're seeking to, to bathe in, in his word. Isn't that what we're trying to do on Sundays uh, isn't that what we're trying to do every day in our lives, I hope, uh, to, to soak in his truth and, and by his spirit's work, his power in, in us uh, to more deeply commune with, with him, with our father. Um, that's the aim of our, of our life, isn't it? We want to we sit in his word uh, and by the power of the spirit, commune with the father and so live 
out of that, um, out of that relationship, out of that communion. And as I was preparing for this morning, as I said, I was I was thinking about the uncertainty um, that we're facing at this time. That's sort of the word that really, uh, I suppose, came into my mind, uncertainty um, or the lack of certainty. And I know on the one hand, it's a season for relief. Maybe many of you are experiencing that. There's anticipation for the, the easing of restrictions and, and some of those we've, we've already enjoyed or maybe some of you have enjoyed, uh, maybe some haven't. Uh, the hopes that we have for the coming weeks and months ahead, maybe, maybe you're making uh, some plans, tentative as they may be, for Christmas and, and get-togethers with people that you love. Um, and, and even for this physical hope that, that you mentioned this morning of getting back together as a church, um, there's this desire that we have to be back together, to sing songs of praise, um, not over Zoom, but to be together. Um, but there's uncertainty, isn't there? I know there's so much uncertainty in the air. That's what I, I feel. Uh, that's what I see um fears about the unknown of of covid cases rising maybe or going back into restrictions again if we go too quickly there's all these sort of fears in the air uh fears for people legitimate fears of, of catching the virus um especially for those who are more vulnerable we have people in our church community who who have made the choice not to come back and and some of them have some you know quite serious um medical conditions that you know that make them very vulnerable uh, to something like that. Uh, and even just this anxiety, which is an interesting thing uh, that, that I'm sure some of you can relate to, the anxiety of more change, um, you know, of getting back to what we've done, maybe even of going back to something like normal-ish, um, but, but even the anxiety of that, because we've, we've had so long of, of the change now, and now we're stepping back into the new, it's more change. And so there's, there's uncertainty there there's anxiety there um life is always uncertain um that's the truth um but maybe more than ever we're feeling the uncertainty so it's always uncertain we don't know what tomorrow will hold we don't know what today or five minutes will hold from here um but but we're feeling it maybe more than normal we're feeling that uncertainty and I was reminded in this light of uncertainty, I was reminded of the psalm that we're going to look at this morning. And so Psalm 46, if you've got your Bibles uh, with you or you've got access to a Bible, um, that would be really helpful. Um, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to read it. We're going to meditate on it, think about it um, together. So Psalm 46, and uh, let me read that for us. Psalm 46. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, According to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, 
Behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, this psalm structure appears uh, clear from the three uses of the word I didn't read out, which is sela uh, or sila. Uh, this word's meaning uh, is not certain, but it's probably, uh, it's, it's highly likely it's a musical term. Uh, these are songs, psalms, and it could be used to indicate a pause or an opportunity for reflection, uh, which would make sense with much of its use in the psalms. So using this structure and the breakdown of those three sealers, let's uh, unpack this wonderful psalm. We'll do it that way. So let me read the first section that ends with the sealer. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And what a truth here for us this morning to take pause at. Maybe a familiar truth to reflect on this together. God is our refuge and strength. God, the creator, the one who made all things, the one who spoke all things into being, he is our refuge and strength. Isn't that incredible? For those who trust in him, he is our place of refuge. He's our shelter. He's the safety. He's our strength and protection. A few weeks ago, we had some pretty incredible hail here in Duneside. I, I heard it got around, so you may have had it uh, out there where you live. Um, but we got a message from our insurer. We normally do that sort of said, um, you know, from the car insurer, it said, oh, you know, hail's coming to Duneside, you know, take take appropriate precautions or whatever, keep safe, you know, sort of trying to suppose, minimize the, the damage they have to pay out or something. <laughs> um, of course, look after our safety. Um, uh, but but I, the thing with our car is um, we got a car kind of fairly recently and I tried to put it in the garage, but it just wouldn't fit. And so um, it fit in, but I couldn't close the door. And I had no idea what was coming, um, some hail maybe, but um, I thought I'll, I'll move it in. You know, the, the garage was pretty empty. I thought I'd just give it a go, but I couldn't, I couldn't get it in enough to close the door. And so it was kind of in. And it bucketed down here. Uh, I don't know if any of you got it there like that, but it was it was incredible. Um, you know, almost almost golf ball size hail. Um, it was quite, and it was it was really coming down strongly. The worst thing, though, probably was the wind. <laughs> the wind was coming so hard, and it was coming directly into the garage, like almost sideways. And so I couldn't close the door. And it's kind of in hindsight, it was kind of like. I don't know if it was better that I left, that I got the car in with the door, but it was just drenched. There was water and a whole bunch of stuff. Thankfully, all the electronic things in the garage were kind of further in. And, but it was just, it was crazy. And my son, four-year-old son, just loved it, of course. 
um, running around the house, just looking at the hail, picking it up, putting it in the freezer. He just loved it. But it was it was pretty psycho for 10, 15 minutes. And um, just that picture really thinking about that's not the kind of God that we have, is it? Who, who you know, you can't kind of close the garage door. It's just, it's just a, it's just a mess. There's no, there's certainly no refuge from that hail, from that storm. And um, this is not the picture of our passage here, is it? It's the exact opposite. God is not a poor refuge like my garage was that day. Uh, he, he, he is a very present help in trouble. He is his people's shelter and protection from the storm. Uh, he, we read here, he's a very present help in trouble. He, he's the ever-present God. He's always near. He's always here. He's always present. Uh, nothing escapes his eye. Uh, nothing is m- missed by his knowledge. And here especially, it's his presence with his people, his, his presence to help them in trouble. Another translation of this verse says, he is truly our helper in times of trouble. Uh, Psalm 54 says similarly, God is my helper. It's just an incredible idea, isn't it? That God is our helper. Um, The all-glorious, majestic God, the holy, holy, holy God that we read of in Scripture, that we see his handiwork in nature. He condescends, he lowers himself, even humbles himself, and he comes to our aid as our helper. Um, so that what follows after these words makes complete sense in this light, doesn't it? If, if it, he says, therefore, in verse two, therefore, in, in light of this fact that God is our refuge and strength, that God is our ever-present helper in trouble, in light of this, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. What is there that could make us fear when we realize, when we take in, when we sit in the place of who is with us? If we realize, brothers and sisters, the strength and the shelter, the safety and the protection that God is for his people. Therefore, says the psalmist, we will not fear. And the list of things that he gives in these verses is no doubt a a metaphorical picture of chaos Uh, It's almost the absolute worst case scenario, I think, is the idea. Uh, Does the very earth give way? Do the mountains move into the heart of the sea? Waters roaring and foaming, mountains trembling at the swelling of the sea. It's a a picture of chaos, isn't it? Earthquakes were, were, you know, did take place in this part of the world. They were not uncommon. And so the people would have kind of these symbols or these pictures, these experiences greater than my hail experience of earthquakes, of of great, you know, fierce, chaotic devastation of nature. But the picture here really is, I think, a a worst case scenario type picture as as if to say, imagine the absolute worst thing that could happen, you know, the devastation of nature. 
this the sea was seen uh, by the people of that time as a as a picture of chaos. You know, it was it was uncontrolled chaos. Um, it was it was scary. Um, you know, associated with even evil. And so we have here the forces of uncontrolled chaos is the picture here. And then move into the second section with me from verse four, the second section after the first uh, cellar. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation or dwelling of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord, that is Yahweh of hosts, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress seller. If our picture before was one of the uncontrolled forces of chaos in nature, it now turns, doesn't it, in these verses to the unruly or uncontrolled nations, the nations who rage, the kingdoms who totter, and this word stumble, stagger, or, or shake, um, these sort of ideas. And before we had this raging sea, but now we have this peaceful stream, don't we, which makes the city of God glad, an image of peacefulness, of provision, uh, I think of Psalm 23, you know, God taking us by those waters of rest, those still waters. The place of the temple, uh, the place where God's glory dwelt in his city, in Zion, in Jerusalem. There is peace here, shalom. There is joy here, gladness for the people of God because he helps them, because he's there. He utters his voice and the earth melts. Yahweh Almighty, Yahweh of heaven's armies is with us, the psalmist says. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And in fact, he will repeat this same phrase, won't he? Wow. Selah. Pause. Let us pause. Let us reflect. Yahweh Almighty. Yahweh of heaven's armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, brothers and sisters. The one who spoke to Moses from the burning bush, who said, I am who I am. When Moses asked him, who do, what do I say to the people of Israel, to the elders, when they ask me, who sent you? Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And here I am, Yahweh Almighty, he is with us. Exodus 15 could be in the background here where uh, they had the song, the song of Moses. The people had sung this song with Moses after God had delivered them from Egypt, uh, from Pharaoh, and had brought them through He'd parted the Red Sea. Remember, they'd walked through on dry land and then the sea had, had come when they had got to the other side and Pharaoh's army was chasing them in pursuit. The, the sea had come down upon them. And we read this in Exodus 15. I'll just read some of the song. It's, it's longer than this, but you can read it later. Exodus 15. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. 
the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahweh, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Yahweh, shatters the enemy. In your greatness, in the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed. That is, they went solid in the heart of the sea. And now we come to the last stanza, the third part of the psalm after the second seller from verse 8. Come, behold the works of Yahweh. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress seller. Over and over again in Israel's history, the Lord, that is Yahweh, this is his personal name he's revealed himself as to Moses and so on. The Lord Yahweh Almighty had been their refuge and strength, hadn't he? It's what you read of every time when you read the Old Testament's account that there he had been their ever-present help in trouble, hadn't he? The one who truly was their helper in times of distress. The picture of this psalm. Both the natural forces of chaos and the human forces of evil had banded together against God's holy people. When there was a famine, you might remember, he sent Joseph ahead of his people, even using the uh, intended evil of his brothers or the evil of his brothers to bring about good. God sent Joseph as a slave and God used him to save his people. When there was an enemy against them, the Lord would show his power in incredible ways. You may remember when God chose to save Israel with just 300 men and not the 32,000 strong army that were available. So that the people would not boast in themselves, but boast in the Lord, we are told. And so the refrain here, the, the exhortation here in our psalm, we will not fear and then he goes on to say she that is god's city his people will not be moved we will not fear we will not be moved this is not because everything will be held back is it no it's it's chaos this is not because god's people will not face troubles great hardships persecution famine sword no this is because God himself is their refuge and strength in all these things. He is the very present help in all our troubles. Yahweh of heaven's armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
And brothers and sisters, this morning, when we when we open the New Testament, the wonder of these words, of this psalm, of this beautiful psalm, of these truths that we are thinking about, that we are meditating on together, these truths only become more wonderful, don't they, when we go to the New Testament? Even more incredible, even beyond words, that in Christ Jesus, for us, God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble to the ultimate degree and extent. Because Jesus himself, the very eternal God, became our refuge and protection from sin and death and from Satan. Jesus is our refuge and strength from the chaos of our own foolishness, from the chaos of this broken world and the evil world that seeks to undo us and overwhelm us. And yes, because Jesus became the refuge from the storm of God's righteous and just punishment against our great sinfulness. The evil in us was atoned for by his innocence, by his righteousness and by his power. The justice of God was satisfied once and for all in his death for sin. And now we can say, brothers and sisters, with such clarity and fullness and depth of reality, can't we cry out with great confidence this morning and with that certain hope that his spirit gives us that the Lord of hosts, Yahweh of hosts is with us. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is our eternal fortress. My dad passed away 10 years ago this year And at my dad's funeral service, one of the songs was an old hymn that I was not very familiar with. Uh, But a line in that hymn, Jesus, lover of my soul, is the hymn. A line in that hymn is very precious. It says, hide me, oh, my savior, hide till the storm of life is past. Hide me, oh, my savior, hide till the storm of life is past. Isn't that the beauty of this psalm? dear brothers and sisters, because we are tempted at times to be overwhelmed by it all, aren't we? Every day we're we're tempted to to be anxious, to be troubled by so many different things. We're tempted in the uncertainties of tomorrow to give way to fear today. And God calls us here in this psalm to be still and to know that I am God. Jesus showed us at every turn his lordship over nature, his lordship over the nations. But this did not mean that Jesus did not suffer. On the contrary, he suffered greatly. But he knew that his father was with him. In John 16, very soon before all his disciples, who remember they were making very impressive boasts that they would never abandon him, he he, he said these remarkable words to them there in John 16. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. They left him and fled. You might remember. Then he says, yet I am not alone for the father is with me. I've said these things to you. Jesus says that in me, you may have peace In the world, you will have tribulation, you have trouble and hardship, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. 
Jesus is always the chief example. We've seen that in weeks gone by of what a life of faith in God looks like lived out. We saw previously together that Jesus did this not by using his divinity, his God nature, but rather he was able to, he's able to sympathize with us in our human weaknesses because in every respect he has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And Jesus shows us what it looks like to believe that God is our refuge and strength, that he is the ever-present helper in our troubles. And remember, he, there he is going as the innocent one to a guilty one's death. He's facing all this ridicule and shame and all the punishment and all the physical effects of what he's going through and the spiritual separation. And he's facing it with trust in the Father who is with him, who is his fortress. Be still and know. Here is a command. It's, it's probably most likely addressed to the nations here. It's in the plural. Be still and know. And this word is also translated stop. You know, be still, stop, cease, even abandon your striving. The idea here can be drop your weapons, cease from striving. I will be exalted among the nations, God says. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts, he will have the final victory over all the chaotic forces of nature and of humanity against every form of evil. He will reign over all. And so in Jesus' life, we see a glimpse into this reality, don't we? His power over nature, he who calmed the raging seas, who said, be still, and they were still. And we see Jesus' power over Satan and sin to rebuke and to release people and to forgive people's sins. We see his power over humanity's brokenness and death, his power to make people clean and to raise the dead to life. And this Lord of Heaven's armies, this King Jesus, he has been exalted. He has been given the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, our King, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. The people of God in the past have found such refuge from the words of this Psalm 46. 504 years ago, on this very day we're meeting, Martin Luther was used of God to draw people back to those principles of Scripture alone, to see that our salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone those wonderful truths of scripture. And he wrote this, probably one of the most uh, famous hymns of all time, based on this very psalm. Let me read his words here. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark or, or barricade never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortals' ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe, Satan does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. You know, we have no hope in ourselves. Did we in our own strike, strength confide? Our striving would be losing. 
were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabahoth, his name, that is the Lord of hosts, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. That is, one little word shall take Satan down. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Brothers and sisters, as we close our time in this psalm this morning, be reminded that Jesus is our refuge and strength, that he is your ever-present help in trouble. He is the Lord of hosts. He is our refuge and strength. And he, the King of kings and Lord of lords, whose name is above every other name, the King over all, he is with us. Whom shall we fear? Shall we fear COVID? Shall we fear our neighbor's awkward reaction to our attempts to testify to God's goodness to us in Jesus? Shall we fear the earth giving way or the mountains being moved into the heart of the sea or the nations as they rage against the people of God? Brothers and sisters, Yahweh of heaven's armies is with us. <laughs> the God of Jacob is our fortress. Pause on this. Reflect on this and cease your striving and remember that he is God. He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, King Jesus. He has been highly exalted. He has been given the name that is above every name. At his name, one day, soon, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue Every single tongue will confess that he, Jesus Christ, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So remember, O weary sinner, remember, O justified and sanctified saint, that the Lord of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your fortress, even your fortress forever in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Let me pray for us. We do praise you, O Lord of hosts, that you are with us. Who are we? That you are with us, that you are our helper, that you, Father, have sent us your precious, your most cherished son to take our place, to be our refuge, my refuge from the punishment that my sins deserve, and now to be our fortress forever to be with us through your spirit in us every single day, to shield us from the storms of life until they pass by. Give us courage in you, in your power, in your shelter. Give us strength in your strength that we might rejoice as the people whose God is with us, 
who is our fortress forever and ever in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.